Well, thank you for being here on this 4th of July weekend, and, and today we're going to look again one more time at Nehemiah. We're going to look at this issue of, about overcoming uh, conflict or overcoming discouragement. And, and so if you have your Bibles, you can turn to Nehemiah chapter 5. We'll just kind of catch up in chapter 5, and then we'll move real quickly to chapter 6. We're going to look at this issue about how to deal with critics in life. But before we do, let me just tell you a wonderful opportunity that we have as a church. It's, as you know, it's always been a heart of mine to, to bring all the churches together. And so when we did the Lincoln Brewster concert, um, uh, I was just sitting around after the concert with Ted Robertson, who is with, with Salem Communications, Q102, KGFT, and said, you know what, I hear on the radio all the time that, that you guys are doing an annual uh, breakfast for the, all the pastors in Colorado Springs. And so why don't you ever do that in Pueblo? I mean, what is up with that? Why do you do that in Springs and you don't do that in Pueblo? And so kind of as we begin to talk, the answer came back that the reason is, is they've never had a church that just kind of uh, wanted, to, wanted to be the catalyst for that. And so I said, well, we would love to be the catalyst for that. And so we are planning the first annual pastor's breakfast here in Pueblo along with, with Salem Communication. It's August the 19th. And so uh, here's... Here's how you can help if you would like to help, because this is going to be an incredible deal. We have HB London coming in. HB uh, London has a huge ministry, a national ministry to pastors for discouragement and, and breaking down walls and unity and all that other stuff. And so it's August the 19th and it's on a Thursday. But if you would like to, if you would like to come, if your business would like to help sponsor that, uh, we are looking for businesses that would like to put up a booth uh, there at the restaurant, would like to sponsor that, would like to help with door prizes or anything like that. You're, you could get name recognition you, uh, and all this other stuff. And so it'd be a wonderful ministry. If you would like to do that, uh, then just let us know on your Connect card and someone will get in touch with you and can tell you how, how that's going to be. But, but all of us can begin to pray for that because we're, we're inviting well over 100 pastors and there's no political agenda, no agenda, nothing other than bringing pastors together to get to know each other and realize that they have families, they have lives, they have hobbies, all this other stuff, and get them together and encourage them. So anyway, you pray about that. If your business would like to be involved in that, sign up on the Connect card and Lisa will get in touch with you. Well, all right. If you're in Nehemiah chapter 6, then we're together today and we're going to look at this issue about how to overcome discouragement in life. And, and really and truly, we're going to look at this issue of dealing with, with, with critics because I'm willing to bet we all have them at some level or not, or we've had had them or we're going to have them. But, but at some time in life, we've all had to deal with this issue of critics. Jesus said this, Jesus said, in this world, you will have trouble. Now, I don't know anyone that says, you know what, that's my life verse. I mean, that's on my refrigerator, that's my, my devotional thought, you know, bring it on, more trouble for me and all this other stuff. And so, so you know, really and truly, but, but here's what's happening in Christianity. In Christianity, especially contemporary Christianity, we're living in a time where people worship a God or, or they, they worship God and they believe that God's job is, is to move all trouble away from us. To where if you have trouble, if you have opposition, if you have difficulty in life, then you're out of the will of God. Something's going on in your life. But if we're not careful, we can get into this contemporary Christianity where we believe that it's God's job just to kind of part the sea of trouble for us. And we never have opposition. We never have trouble. We've been going through this, this study of Nehemiah and really it's, it's, it's his life journal. And it's, it's about him rebuilding lives and rebuilding a wall. And, and Nehemiah is a man of character. He's a man of great integrity. And you have him doing what God has called him to do. He's in the center of God's will. 
And can you believe it? You have people that are making fun of him. You have people that are ridiculing him. You have people that are criticizing him. You have people that are telling him he can't do it. There's no way he can do it. You have all this going on in his life, but yet you watch this man. He continues on. I mean, he continues on in the face of opposition, in the face of critics. In fact, is Nehemiah chapter 5, verse 16. Nehemiah said, I also, I also persevered. I mean, when I saw that in the face of opposition, in the face of critics, I wanted, when I was reading the book of Nehemiah, when I saw I also persevered, I wanted to learn. How do you do that? How do you continue to persevere in the face of critics? How do you, how do you, how do you continually persevere in the face of opposition when people are making fun of you, when people are ridiculing you, when people are talking about you? Oh, when people are spreading rumors about you, doing everything they can to get you to stop? I mean, I wanted to know, and I hope this morning you as well would like to know, how do you persevere in life? So three, three principles about issue and dealing with critics, and, and I mean, this is just so relevant to where we live today. It's almost like Nehemiah lived in our day and lived in our time. The first thing is this, is critics will use people to discourage you. You ever notice that? Critics always travel in packs. They always travel in number. They always are using terms like everybody and everybody doesn't like this and everybody's upset at you and everybody's mad at you. And so you find in Nehemiah chapter 6 verse 1, watch this. Now when Samballat and Tobiah, remember they were the critics, there were four main critics uh, and Geshem the Arab and the rest of our enemies heard. How'd they hear? And they're talking about him. Samballat and Tobiah, they're talking about him. And all of a sudden, what you realize is in Nehemiah's life, as the wall rises, the opposition rises. As the wall grows, the, the, the critics grow. Sometimes the more successful you become, the larger the, the critics in your life. And watch this. So all of, the, all of the, the enemies heard, and they were mocking him, and they were making fun of him, and they were telling him that he couldn't do it, and why he couldn't do it. They were telling him what was wrong with the project, and why he should stop the work. And they all heard that I had built the wall and that there was no breach left in it. It was perfect. It was structurally sound. I mean, you, you would think, right? You would think that, that at some point critics would say, you know what? I was wrong. You're right. That never happens. You would think as a critic saw the wall going up and it taken 141 years, two men before Nehemiah tried to rebuild the wall, couldn't do it. Nehemiah's doing it in 52 days. We're going to find that at the end of this chapter that the critics would come back and say, you know what? I must be wrong. Because look at the success of the project. Look at the success of the ministry. Look at the success of the church. Look at the success of the organization. Although, up to that time, I had not set up the doors in, in, in the gates. Sanballat and Geshem sent to me saying, Come and let us meet together at Hakafirim in the plain of Ono, but they do me harm. Critics will always get frustrated when you don't give them an audience, when you live out of conviction. And you continue on. And they will always up the ante, if you will. The criticism will continually get worse. And you find this in here. And they're trying to distract him. They're trying to discourage him. Listen, let me tell you something. If you allow your critics to distract you from what you have been called to do, you will never do what God has accomplished you to, uh, has asked you to do. You'll never accomplish it. And, they, and you find that these critics had an agenda. And, and let me tell you something. 
If your approval, if your approval is found in people, if your identity is found in people, if your self-worth is found in people, your critics will destroy you. Because their voice will be the loudest voice in your life. And Nehemiah, Nehemiah was no different. And Nehemiah understood when he says, but, and they intended me harm. And Nehemiah had, he had great discernment. He knew what was going on. He knew the critics were just trying to get him to stop the work. He knew the critics were just were up happy because unhappy because remember it was the four kings, the four most powerful kings, north, south, east, and west, and they're going to lose power. They're going to lose influence, and they were more worried about what they were going to lose, what they were going to have to give up. And Nehemiah understood. He says, "Man, you guys just want to hurt me." And, and the reason that he understood that is because he had discernment, and because Nehemiah was able to go to God in prayer and. and and he understood. Man, he understood their intentions. And if you and I are going to be effective in what God has called us to do, well, we have to have discernment. And we have to understand what are the motives. There, there should be people that we listen to in life. But those should be people that love you and care deeply for you, but not a critical spirit. And critics, they will always use people to discourage you. And they will always try to get as many people as possible to agree with them. Verse 3, watch this. And so here's what Nehemiah does. And I sent messengers to them saying, I am doing a great work. And I cannot come down. I'm doing what God has called me to do. I'm doing what God has asked me. Why should I stop the work for you? I mean, why should I come down off the wall? Why should I get distracted? Why should I do what you have asked? To, to, why should I come and talk with you when, when I'm doing what God has called me and asked me to do? And you know what? Some of you here this morning, you're doing a great work. Where it's a parent, where it's a husband, where it's a wife, where it's a ministry, where it's in a career, a profession. And all of us, at some time or another, deal with critics in our life. So watch this. Nehemiah goes on and he says, why should the work stop while I leave it and come down to you? See, critics believe their opinion matters more than anybody else's opinion. Their opinion matters more than the masses. Their opinion matters more than the, the, the majority. They believe that they're right and everybody else is wrong. And Nehemiah is telling him, you know what? I am doing a great work here. And why should I come down and, and talk to you? Verse 6, verse 4. And so they sent to me four times in this way. They're relentless. I mean, four times they've sent to him. Four times they've asked him the same thing. And I answered them in the same manner. How many of you know these people? How many of you have these people in your life? Man, they're relentless. Every week they're saying the same thing. Every week they're complaining about the same thing. Every week they're criticizing the same thing. And they're relentless with emails, text messages, Facebook, blogs, all this other stuff. These guys are unbelievably they're pers persistent in this. And, and many people will wear down at this point and say, I, I give up. I give up. I'll meet with you. 
And so you go to, oh no. And you sit down with them and you look at them across the table and it's like, oh no, I cannot believe I'm meeting with you. I'm telling you. It's like, oh, I mean, have you ever, have you ever done that in life to where you've had a critic and they're just relentless and they wear you down and you're sad. And so you finally decide to meet with them and it's like, oh no, I cannot believe I'm hearing this. I cannot believe they're saying this. I cannot believe they are so critical. I cannot believe that they won't even look at my side. Listen, if you live out of guilt, if your approval is found in people, you'll go to oh no every time. The reason that Nehemiah didn't is because Nehemiah knew, man, I'm doing a great work. I'm rebuilding my life. Not everybody may agree with the church thing or the God thing or any of that other stuff. Nobody else may agree or they, my critics may not agree on what I'm doing and how I'm living my life. But you know what? I know God has called me to do this. And if you're not careful, you will allow critics to use people to discourage you. The second thing is this, is critics will use rumors to disgrace you. If they can't discourage you, they'll try to disgrace you publicly. See, up until this point, it's been kind of private. It's been kind of between Nehemiah and a few people and the people that they've talked to. Nehemiah says, you know what? I'm not going to, oh, no, I'm not going to talk to you. I mean, you've asked me four times. It's four times I've said the same thing. No, 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 no. So now they go public. I mean, they move to disgrace him publicly. So they send this open letter. This is so important of their time that, that what would happen is, is when they would send a letter, it'd be sealed. These guys didn't play fair. They sent an unsealed letter so that Nehemiah would be the last one to hear all the accusations about him. So that it would be read all along the way. In our time, that's like starting a blog, starting a hate website. It's like sending out an email and copying everybody on it. Things were no different in their time. Watch this. Uh, verse 5. In the same way, Samballot for the fifth time. These guys are relentless. You ever known a critic in your life that's relentless? It's always the same thing they're criticizing. It's always the same issue. There can never be any resolution. In the same way, Samballot, for the fifth time, sent his servant to me with an open letter in his hand. Nehemiah knew. Nehemiah knew that everybody had read that letter. He's the last one to hear the accusations. Verse 6. In it was written, it is reported among the nations and Geshem, you, you also says it, that you and the Jews intended to rebel. This is why you're building the wall. Critics always question motives. Just want you to understand that. Watch this. And according to these reports, you wish to become the king. Notice how, notice how rumors sound so official. I mean, I mean, haven't you noticed that? Rumors can sound really official. It is written. It is reported. It is in the report. By whom? Who said it? What report? 
What are you talking about a report? If you're not careful, rumors can sound factual. Rumors can sound, there was no report. It was not written. When you and I deal with critics, and critics will use rumors to try to discourage you. When you hear rumors, you need to ask some questions. By whom? Who said that? See, rumors truly have no source. Man, if I could encourage you one thing, believe nothing until you hear from the source. Watch this. We'll move on in this letter. And this is what it says, verse 7. And you have also set up prophets to proclaim concerning you in Jerusalem. So now these accusations don't mean a lot to us because we don't understand what's going on in the time. These are huge threats they were making about Nehemiah. See, if he wanted to become king, if this is true, he can be put to death. This is a huge deal. These are huge accusations. And there is a king in Judah. We need to remind you, Nehemiah. And now the king will hear of these reports. See, critics will always try to use fear to control you, fear to change you, fear to push their agenda. Everybody's upset. Everybody's mad at you. Everybody disagrees with you. Everybody thinks that you're wrong. Everybody's going to leave. Nobody's going to go to your business anymore. Nobody's going to... And they try to use fear. And Nehemiah, boy, when the king hears about this, when the king hears it was written, it is reported, Nehemiah, it's not going to end well for you. So now come. Let us take counsel together. Notice how critics always act like they want to be your friend. We're just here to help you. We're just here to keep you from hurt. We're just here to keep you from pain. No, they have an agenda, and Nehemiah understands that. He wouldn't go to, to Ono, and so they upped the ante, and they did the open letter, and now they're making threats, and now they're saying there's this groundswell, and guess what, Nehemiah? When the king finds out about this, it's not going to be well for you. And I want you to see, because when I was reading this text, he deals with rumors much differently than many of us do in our time. Watch this, verse 8. Then I sent to him, saying, No such things as, as you say have been done. Your reports are false. There is no report. It is not written. That is not our motives. Watch this. Oh, and let me, let me tell you the source. For you are inventing them out of your own mind. He dealt with the rumors clear, direct, simple, and short. The critics didn't have any power over Nehemiah because Nehemiah knew what God had called him to do. And Nehemiah knew it mattered more what God said about him than anybody else said about him. Isn't it interesting that Nehemiah didn't sit down with them and say, oh, you must be mistaken and let me help you understand what the history of all this. But remember Nehemiah chapter 1 when we looked at it together and, and when I felt called of God to rebuild the wall, I went to the king. I met with the king. I met with the queen. They know all about it. fact is they're so bought into this project that they gave me the Lowe's credit card and they're, they're, they're supplying the lumber for this project. Oh, and not only that, they gave me a passport. The king is the one that gave me time off. I got a leave of absence for my job as cupbearer and, and I've been keeping in communication with them and they understand where we're at do you realize he didn't do any of that 
Many times when you speak to the accusations of critics that you know is false, it gives validity in their mind to their accusations. It cements in their mind that there must be some truth to it. He's worried. He's scared. And Nehemiah just simply said, you're making it up in your mind. What a great memory verse for some of us. Just to be able to tell someone, I don't know where you're getting that. I don't even know why you're thinking that. I don't even know why you think that's my motives because isn't that what critics do? Don't they question sometimes motives? Aren't those the most hurtful things? It's not what you're doing, it's how you're doing it. But Nehemiah didn't play those games. And Nehemiah understood that in all rumors, there's always accusations. There's always exaggerations. He's just not building a wall. He's building a kingdom. We know what he's doing. We know what he's thinking. And so Nehemiah exposes their their motives, verse 9, for they all wanted to frighten us. Can I tell you that's the motive of most critics? They want to put fear. Because fear is control. They want to control you, but they use fear to control you. And Nehemiah's like, here's your motive. You just want to frighten us. You want to give us fear. So we do exactly what you want us to do. Watch this. Thinking their hands will drop from the work. They want to stop you. That's their motives. Whatever you're doing, they're saying, Nehemiah said, guys, they want to give us fear. And guess what? They want to stop the work. They want to stop what us doing, what God has called us to do. And then he said, and it will not be done. No, we're not stopping. I don't care how hard you criticize us. I don't care if it's every week. I don't care if it's every day. I don't care if it's once a month. I don't care if it's emails. I don't care if it's a blog. I don't care if it's a website. And I'm living my life out of conviction and not out of guilt. And I'm continuing on. And then watch this, so important. But now, this is Nehemiah. But now, oh God, strengthen, strengthen my hands. Haven't you noticed when you deal with critics, it will wear you out. It'll drain you. It'll suck the life out of you. And it did with Nehemiah too. Nehemiah is type A. He's a leader. He's doing in 52 days what no one could do in 141 years. He's successful. He has a lot of people with him that encourage him and support him. Yes, there should be people in your life that you listen to. Yes, there should be people in your life that can speak truth into your life. But you choose those. And you choose those. And we know it sucked the life out of him because he's prayed for strength. Rarely, never does anyone accomplish great things for God that does not have a complete dependency upon him and not upon people. If your identity, your self-worth, your approval is found in people, you're critics. 
they'll destroy you. And they'll control you to the point that you'll be living your life for them. And you'll be miserable. The third and the last thing is this. Critics will make it sound spiritual to discourage you. Even people who don't know God will throw God in it. People who know God will use the God card and throw God in it. Watch this. So, so, so Nehemiah is saying, no, 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 and they're frustrated and they're getting more frustrated. The, the end of verse 10, watch this. So they ask him, he says, Nehemiah, let us meet together in the house of God. Let us go to church together. Let us worship together. Within the temple, let us close the doors of the temple, for they are coming to kill you. It's been verbal threats. It's been rumors. It's been ridicule. It's been disgrace. It's been discouragement. And now it's, Nehemiah, you got death threats out on your life. They want to kill you. Oh, and let us tell you, they're, they're coming to kill you by, by night. And we, we, we know their plan. And so, Nehemiah, just come meet with us. Let's just meet together in, in church. And it sounds so spiritual, and they bring God into it. And he says, let us close the door of the temple. Why? Because there's people trying to kill you, and we want to protect you. And Nehemiah's life, it may have been funny at first, and it may have been funny when they said a walk, if a fox walked on the wall, the wall would fall down, the wall's nine feet thick, and they're making jokes about it, and they're making fun of him, and it may have been funny at first. It may have seemed no big deal at first, but now, death threats, it's a big deal. How many of you would just quit at this point? How many of you would just give up and say, the cost is too high? The risk is too high. It's, it's just not worth it. And watch what Nehemiah does, verse 11. But I said, such a, such a man as I run away. I'm a man of character. I'm a man of integrity. man of conviction. Should I quit doing what God has called me to do because of you? Should I give up on my spiritual life because you don't agree with it? Should I give up because I have critics? And what man, such as I, go into the temple and live? I will not go in. I will not go to Ono. I will not respond to your letters. You're making this up in your mind? And now that you've invited me into the temple, I will not go in. I mean, I'm building a wall. I'm about ready to do in 52 days what no one has done in 141 years. And I will not go into the temple. Why? This is so huge. Because it is against God's law. Nehemiah, under God's law, wasn't allowed into the innermost part of the temple. Only the priest... If Nehemiah had gone in, it would have been sin. And his critics could have used it to discredit him. You ever have critics push you to the point of sin? You ever had critics, uh, maybe I'm the only one in the room. 
Have you ever had critics that so frustrated you that you responded out of anger? You said things that you shouldn't say. You had actions that you shouldn't have had. You said things to other people about the whole deal that you shouldn't have said, that you knew was wrong, but out of your anger, out of your frustration, you just got to the point that you were just emotionally drained, emotionally exhausted, and you said some things, and then your critics turned around and used it against you. Oh, thought you were a Christian. Couldn't believe you said that. Couldn't believe you did that. And then they turned it around and they discredited you. If you are not careful... You will allow critics to push you into sin so they can discredit you and so that they can hurt you. Look at this, verse verse 13. Here he goes. He says, for this purpose he was hired, but that I should be afraid. That's what critics do. They want to give you fear. They want to wear you down and act in this way and sin. They wanted to push him to sin so they could discredit him. They wanted to push him to that point to where he lost his temper, to where he got really angry, to he said some things, he did some things, he violated some of God's law so that they could publicly disgrace him and discredit him. And so they could give me, watch this, so they could give me a bad name in order to taunt me. Then to verse 14 again, he says, And the prophets who wanted to make me afraid. But Nehemiah lived his life out of conviction, and he continued on. Verse 15, it says, And so the wall was finished in 52 days. What a great day, I'm sure that was, for Nehemiah. So watch this. Because there's this false belief that we have sometimes that we say, You know what? If we just continue on, sooner or later our critics will realize we're right. Sooner or later, our critics will will understand that we're right, and they'll just kind of agree that, you know what, we were kind of wrong about the whole thing. It'll never happen. It'll never happen. Watch this, verse 16. And when our enemies heard of it, all the nations around us were afraid and felt greatly in their own um, esteem, for they, they perceived that this work had been accomplished with the help of God. So now then, all the surrounding areas, they're realizing... You know what? For them to accomplish the wall in 52 days that no one else could do in 141 years, God had to be behind it. All of a sudden, even their enemies begin to understand that, you know what? God helped them. God was in it. What about the critics? Watch this. The end of verse 19. Also, they spoke of his good deeds in the presence and reported reported my words to him. So they reported his words to Tobiah and Sanballat and all those others. Now watch this. And Tobiah sent letters to make me afraid. Critics are relentless. Even when they were successful, even when they rebuilt the wall, even when they went through the dedication ceremony, even when all the other enemies could look at the wall and see that it was was built in 52 days and could say, God's hand was on them. Not the critics. They're still sending letters. They're still sending the text messages, the emails. They're still meeting them in the halls and talking to them about what is wrong with their project and why they were wrong and why they should have stopped and why they should have never done it in the first place. True critics will never be satisfied because it's all about them. 
It's all about their agenda. It's all about their control over you. And we see that in the scripture. So the question this morning is, what critics are you facing? What opposition are you facing? Who's that critical spirit around you that no matter what, they're always going to find something wrong? Probably the deeper question is, is how are you dealing with it? You think your self-worth, your identity is found in them and their approval of you? What distractions are, are going on in your life right now? What great work are you attempting? Maybe this morning, maybe some of you need just need to look again at your critics. And understand that what God says about you is more important than what anyone else could ever say about you. And maybe you need to make some commitments about how not to allow those voices to be so strong and so powerful in your life. Maybe I'm speaking to some critics here this morning. And maybe you're the one there's been so critical of some people around you that you've discouraged you, them, you've disgraced them, you've discredited them. And maybe you need to realize, you know what? I'm the critical spirit. Maybe this morning some of you just need to accept him and ask him to come into your life and to forgive you of your sins. But whatever God has for you, would you just be obedient to that we have some connect cards that are on in your in your bulletin and boy if you'd like for one of us to get with you and pray with you encourage you if you'd like to meet Christ if you'd like to follow him in believers baptism we had a couple uh, do that last night and they were raised in a in a denomination to where they didn't practice believers baptism by immersion they were sprinkled and last night they were baptized on their son's birthday who's deceased and they did it to try to redeem that day and redeem their memories it's unbelievable baptism that we had last night and so maybe you need to make that decision would you just indicate that on your connect card you can place it in the baskets as, as you leave and we're gonna continue one more song in, in worship just as a, as a song of, of dedication Let's pray together. Father, we thank you for this morning. And Father, we thank you for your love. And Father, we thank you for your grace. And Father, I pray for those that are facing opposition or, or critical spirits that may be disgracing them, discouraging them. Would we learn better how to deal with them? Would we understand? that they do wear us out. It is emotional. And that you are the one that strengthens us. 
Father, as we worship this last song together, would it be a commitment to you? Would you strengthen us? For we ask these things in Jesus' name. Amen. Would you stand with me, please? Chad and his worship team is going to lead us in a song of dedication. And uh, our prayer partners aren't going to come down during this song. They're going to come down a little bit later. Chad will explain that to us. Would you worship with us?